0: Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, Go Powercat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald.
1: Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Questions Podcast. We've taken most of this week off from the regular podcast. We've done a breaking one about realignment. And, of course, the way things are going right now, most of this podcast will be about realignment and the status of the Big 12. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Cole Carmody, and Ryan Gills Gilbert from here at the W... Nope. Nope. Not that. No. <laughs> nope. The GPC Studios. We like them. We like them a lot. They just don't provide internet at my house. And I'm We'd sad. like them too. We would like them to, but they don't love me enough. Oh my. What a week it's been. Guys, I'm tired. I'm really tired. This this working this these shifts in July, these long hours, just but I'm having fun. I love this topic. I don't know if you can tell I love this topic.
2: Insane. Great. So we have three guys that are on this podcast that aren't gonna talk, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you start talking, I'm like,
1: yeah, but and just talk Hey, stuff. I need to get to my word count for fired up. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. It's no problem. I've got so many fired ups uh in otter from other radio shows that I haven't even touched yet. Jeez. Like, Have you been I, doing a lot of radio? Oh stuff? so much. I did uh the W double T in uh, Lubbock yesterday. Was that just yesterday? And then uh this morning I had the franchise down in Oklahoma City. And I put up a fired up from WIBW yesterday's appearance on the website today. What's amazing though is what I said would have been yesterday morning in Lubbock might be totally irrelevant as of Thursday afternoon. Might not mean the thing. A yeah. lot of the podcast
2: questions yeah. are irrelevant as of Thursday afternoon, and maybe a the lot
1: of podcast uh,
3: itself will
2: be. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get it up quick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of uh, what should we do with Bob Bowlesby before <laughs> last night?
1: <laughs> Build him a statue. That's what we do. I've been a Bob Bowlesby fan from the beginning. <clears throat> yeah, I've been hard on him. A lot of people have, and he deserved it. He frankly deserved it, but I think the commissioner a little pissed. And, I mean, I'm proud of him because he's standing up. And what they pulled on him. Clowned him, made him look like a fool at Big 12 media days. And you can either, you know, slink off to your corner and try to lay low or fight back. And he is fighting back. I would love to know what this evidence is they have. It almost feels like to me, the American conference came clean. Like they got wind of it. The Big 12 got wind of it and they called over there and they said, yeah, we're going to send you everything on advice of our attorney. So we don't get caught in the middle of this. If they have it all, it has to be from the American. It has to be. Maybe they just walk down the block. Was it a half mile? It's like a two-minute drive. <laughs> two-minute drive. How weird? Why are they headquartered in Irving, Los Colinas? I
2: don't know. Oh, under- I don't understand Los Colinas. Isn't Los Colinas like a? It's like a neighborhood,
1: uh, right? A district of Irving.
2: Yeah, like I think it's but still it's like- technically Irving, but it's.
1: Las Colinas. That way the people in Las Colinas can claim they're from Las Colinas and not Irving. It's probably like the village in Oklahoma City. No, I don't know about that. No. Is it anything like the Villages in Florida? No, it, it's not.
2: My grandpa did live there for a time, but it is really? not It is not the Villages.
1: Did he have a lot? Never mind. Uh, that's an overtime question <laughs> right there. We're going to dive right into your questions from Wabash Station. We are sponsored by The Fridge. As always, make sure you stop into The Fridge whenever you have alcohol needs here in Manhattan, Kansas. Football season is just around the corner. You'll be tailgating. You'll be having a good time. Don't pack up the booze. Just buy it when you come to town. Our segment sponsors are Tanner's and the High Low, two great locally owned businesses and restaurants right there in Aggieville. Make sure you stop in and say hello to the folks at Tanner's and High Low whenever you come to town. Here we go. Your questions from Wabash Station. It is Ryan Gilbert.
4: Here we go. First question is from State Raised. Don't think we have heard that one. Did I do something? No, I did. Ryan no. Gilbert? He was asking a question. Yeah. Welcome to the site. We've seen you before. Welcome to the site. As more information comes to light, it seems that conference realignment is being pushed by two parties. One ESPN in order to monopolize college football and two, the SEC in order to remove NCAA regulations. What does all this mean for not only Kansas state, but the remaining conferences. If ESPN creates one super conference of 32 teams. Well,
1: first of all, they'll get sued into oblivion. You, you, I've said this from the start. You can't just leave out schools. You have to invite everyone and set thresholds. This is what we want from the members of this. And all members have to meet it. And it can be TV ratings. It can be attendance. It could be budget. It could be all these things that make it almost impossible for a non-Power 5 to get in. But you have to set some kind of threshold other than you're picking winners and losers. Picking winners and losers while destroying the business interests and honestly the universities as a whole by leaving out institutions from major college sports, oh, man, you're asking for trouble. Nobody's leaving if you're an FCS program, nobody's leaving you out of FBS, you can join. you can you can but you have criteria to move up. your stadium's got to be so much and this and that. But you can do it, and the same should be hold true here. But they're trying to form their own entity. That's what I believe. They want to be separate from the NCAA. First, I would say, then remove them from all sports. Sorry, SEC, no more college baseball World Series for you. No more NCAA tournament for you. None of that. It's all off the table. You take football out of the NCAA and and do it in this manner, not do it as – Uh, being inclusive, then we're just going to remove you from all sports. Your standing will go away. I don't think this will survive any lawsuits. I don't think it'll hold up. I don't think there's any way they can get through this and pull this off. And I think the Big 12 is going to be the first ones to put a big roadblock in it. And I, I can assure you this, there's a lot of other conferences and probably uh, teams that have been reached out to about this super division that are like, hold on here, What I don't want to get entangled in any lawsuits because OU and Texas, you're not off the hook with this. If you've been colluding to destroy the Big 12, you're going to pay. The worst
2: part of this is ESPN has a contract with the Big 12. They are a business partner, right. and they are trying to actively destroy their business partner. That is going... Seeing the season desist yesterday with what the Big 12 did, you know that's going to set up a giant legal battle. And I-, I talked to Fitz about this, you know, off the air. But I think that that this could spell the end of the of ESPN if what the Big 12 mm. alleges, you know, the ESPN is trying to get out of one billion, you know, plus dollars that they're trying to. S- trying to spend because they've spent so much money elsewhere they need to consolidate. You know, they've cut, you know, personnel. I get that personnel is not a lot of money when it comes to, to budget, but you ESPN's cut a lot of stuff, and they're trying to consolidate. Why not get rid of one of your biggest entities when you can take the two biggest powers of those and put them somewhere else? But ESPN, by doing this, if they get sued and they're found liable for not only the billion dollars that is owed to the Big 12, but the damages on top of that. Damages could be huge. ESPN could be done. Mm Done. Done. If what they did and what the big 12
1: alleges happened, they offered so much money for exclusive SEC rights. CBS said, you're insane. They literally said that there's no way it's worth that. You are way overpaying for the rights of the SEC compared to what the ratings are. And I think ESPN is of the false belief that when they set up the super conference, all of us will be like, oh, yeah, we're going to watch Georgia-Florida today. We're not going to watch our alma mater. We're going to watch the super conference. We're going to watch right. semi-pro football. Yeah, yeah. No, we're not watching. No. no, all of us that you leave out, we're not watching. And the only reason we've watched in the past is – It impacted us. It impacted who we might play in the bowl. We were all part of NCAA football, and it was part of our culture to be watching all of that. If you leave it, if you leave the college football culture as it is now, screw you. Nobody's watching that unless it's just really epic. You are really miscalculating here, ESPN. Well, it's kind of like
3: what we talked about would have been back in June. I mean, back when the super conference for soccer in europe was a thing Mm -hmm. right i mean they're trying to get the best teams break away from their own leagues and in essence create a super league which is everything that we've seen that's what it feels like so that's the first thing the second thing is you mentioned they're a business partner you know i always like to compare things to history this is like an ally turning on an ally right and That just doesn't happen, right? I mean, I don't know if there's been examples of this throughout sports, throughout, you know, contracts. I mean, with TVs and and it just feels like what ESPN did is so unprecedented that we as members of the media and fans, all we can sit here and say is we really don't know what's going to happen. I mean, it's hard to say that ESPN has a future in college athletics when we honestly we have no idea what's going to happen next.
4: From Adam K sixty three, how has ESPN been allowed to dictate the conference realignment?
1: Well, they're just throwing money around. I mean, they're obviously manipulating the conversation. It's not only that they own the rights to the college football playoff; yeah. Yeah. they dictate the conversation.
2: Fox could do whatever they want. But they don't dictate anything, even if they had a a Big 12 school or a Pac-12 school or even the Big 10 because they have a contract with the Big 10. If one of those schools is clearly far and above, it doesn't matter because ESPN owns the SEC and ESPN is going to prop up the SEC because that's their most valuable business partner. That's just the unfortunate reality. And it's ridiculous that the college football playoff is so much influenced by ESPN. It's not independent. Yeah. You can pretend like that committee is not influenced by ESPN, but where are they watching the games to get their input when they go fly to Dallas to, you know, sit in a conference room to talk about what they watched. They watch those games on ESPN. All they talk about is the playoff and how Alabama, Clemson, OU and Ohio state are the four best teams.
3: That's all they talk about on ESPN. And they push their teams that are not on ESPN to a streaming service like ESPN Plus where, sure, ESPN created it. But instead of saying, we're going to give you your own network on cable TV like they have with the SEC network, that if you have ESPN, the majority of cable providers will give you the SEC network, you have to pay what is it now? Twelve dollars a month, they just increased the price? Mm-hmm. You have to pay twelve dollars a month to not only watch your favorite team, but you know, get more get get games that are in the conference. I mean more and more games are being pushed to ESPN plus. You know, in hindsight, it's almost like we should have seen something like this coming. They put teams like Oklahoma State, like K State, like Iowa State to games on ESPN plus in conference games. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think OU had a single conference game on ESPN Plus last year.
2: Look well, that's cool. because their Tier 3 rights are owned by right. Fox. It's kind of like Texas has the Longhorn Network. OU kind of has their own thing. The other schools have an ESPN Plus. They use that kind of as their engine
1: and their platform to, to, to do all their rights, other games. What's interesting is OU's rights are actually owned now by Sinclair. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's on the Valley's oh, yeah. platform. Um, could that be coming for this conference? They're, they're going to have a total break from ESPN. When the grant of rights is up, and this is another point I made today at Go Cat. get yourselves two, three years down the road. The, the negotiations have to begin at some point, but it doesn't kick in for another four years. Another four years of money should be coming. And as we move two more years down the road, two years ago, Peacock was like just something on a chalkboard, wasn't it? And mm-hmm. now it's a reality. Paramount Plus, it was still CBS All Access, and there was, I don't think two years ago they were talking about changing it. So the evolution of what's going on in the streaming world is quick, seismic, and it's, I don't mind streaming sports. I don't mind these things being on the ESPN Plus platform. I, I do agree with you. It sucks that you have to pay. What I mind is, is they shuffle it off there? Is almost like punishment. Sure. Almost like, yep, hey, exactly right. it now does feel like you're exactly right, Cole. It does feel like, oh, your ratings are bad, and plus we can't really tell what your ratings were on ESPN Plus. Bullshit. You know exactly what. You know better what who was watching that game than you do on over the air because someone had to stream it. They had yeah. to physically call upon it to watch it. So uh, I don't buy this, you know, going, in, going into streaming actually because you better control of who's watching your content, why, where, how long, or what are they doing in breaks. You know all that from streaming. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to move to streaming. And as soon as someone powers mm-hmm. their way into s- streaming, um, sports streaming – everything changes. I mean, look at
2: WWE Network. I know that the network has more has merged into Peacock over the last year, but when they built that in 2014, it opened up wrestling to a lot of new fans and, you know, instead of paying 60 bucks for a pay-per-view once a month, you're paying 10 bucks a month and you get access to that pay-per-view. So, it kind of changed the price point and the perception of the product and opened it up for more people. And I don't know if that model is going to work in college sports, but it's certainly an interesting model to get more eyeballs on your product. Well, and, and and it's more than just streaming. It's about understanding the digital space too, which I think that, you know, conferences and quite frankly, other sports like MLB has failed to do, but I think that there's a big space in streaming, but it is still frustrating when let's say you're watching the U S open and it You know, it's late at night and they're like, all right, we're going to turn off our coverage on NBC for the rest of the day. You have to go watch on Peacock now and have a login and pay. That's annoying. Mm -hmm. But I think in the end, at some point, streaming will figure itself out to where you can go directly get your games. It's easy. Look, I mean, look at the UFC on ESPN Plus. I know we've criticized ESPN Mm Plus, but UFC moving to ESPN has been huge for UFC. You can watch the the prelims on ESPN and then on fight nights you can go watch the full thing on on ESPN plus like you know it's it's incredible you still have to pay for the pay-per-view for the big ones but you know it opens up the audience and from a streaming standpoint even though it's ESPN and we're being critical but there is space in the streaming world for for sports to move to and like you said you can see the analytics on that stuff way easier than over the air.
1: Well, I'm glad you brought up the WWE because it's a good science experiment going on right now. They bought the rights. Basically, they bought out WWE's streaming platform, bought all the rights up, and what NBC Universal is doing is they're loading it in, making it part of their product, and watching to see how many people are signing up. And then that's a big reason why. Why? Because they can tell exactly what you're watching through your streaming, And if this works, it really does create the possibility that NBC or CBS might enter the space and say, okay, we both have a one-channel sports network, which isn't really watched, but it gives us a platform on cable. We've got a big network, and we've got streaming, so we can show a bunch of games in a day. If a reformed 16-team Big 12 could get a partner that would put a couple games a day on their network – about four games a day on their cable platform, and then the rest on streaming, they'd be fine. And that's really what it comes down to. Someone's got to step up into the breach. And I'm pretty sure if you're another contract partner with ESPN, you're keeping a pretty damn close eye on them because they're up to something. And this is just, I mean, I understand business is dirty, but you, you mentioned... Got to keep an eye on your allies. This wasn't a Pearl Harbor attack from Oklahoma and Texas, like the Japanese, because the Japanese, we knew they were an enemy. We just were trying not to have war with them. This was like Great Britain bombing Washington, D.C., out of nowhere. I mean, this was someone you shouldn't have to keep an eye on. This is Hulk Hogan and the NWO. Yeah. Yeah. Way to bring it back to wrestling. I like it.
4: from I like pickles cat schools can reach out to conferences but not the other way around how does ESPN brokering this deal on based on their relationship with the SEC factor into that well i think
1: conferences can reach out to schools i don't think there's anything i mean big 10 doesn't have a contract with the big 12 well, what they're being accused of is espn's accused of trying to manipulate the market and destroy a conference with which it has a partnership I don't even think that matters that much. It makes it worse. But I think if they were um, trying to manipulate the market, and that's what it is, to destroy the PAC-12 so that Fox would have a useless property, I think that would still be a major problem. You can't do this. You can't go in and try to destroy businesses for your own benefit. Now, maybe it's a side effect. You know, maybe the Walmart-Amazon effect kicks in here at some point. But you can't intentionally like say, "Hey, you know what? We're going to build this giant like store that has a little bit of everything." But before we do it, we're going to burn everyone's business down, which is what they're doing.
3: I think there's a difference between the SEC's relationship with ESPN and the Big 12's relationship Absolutely. with the ESPN. I mean, just like I was kind of saying earlier. But I mean, the SEC sells everything. I was just down in in. SC, the heart of real SEC country, if Oklahoma and Texas want to talk about the real SEC country, in Baton Rouge. And I will tell you that the SEC is a whole nother world. Mm-hmm. ESPN realizes that, and they realize that there's profit in that. If they can convince a school like Oklahoma and Texas, not saying that they did, but if they can convince them to, hey, it's going to be more profitable here than they're going to do that, and I think it's the same thing. It's trying to break everybody else up. Why worry about multiple conferences when you can have three major ones with one huge one? It's like, why would I have to worry about you know doing, doing multiple things when I can focus my attention on one? And I think that's kind of what ESPN is trying to do. I know this is off-topic and not about the question, but boy, do I wish Birmingham, Alabama had an NFL team. Because think about it.
2: If they had an NFL team, would the SEC be as big as what they are? That's a good point. They wouldn't be.
1: The NFL is king still to this day. Look at Atlanta. Um, Yeah. Georgia Tech, an ACC program, doesn't have nearly the reach because they're second fiddle. I
2: get there's Georgia there, but you you get into the SEC East, and it's much less of what the SEC West is. You have Alabama. You have LSU. You have Ole Miss, Mississippi State. There's just... That's the SEC to me. You know, when you talk about Florida and and Georgia, South Carolina, they're just passengers. Kentucky.
1: I think it's cool that the SEC loves their football that much. No problem with the SEC is, you know, for their passion of their fan base, I can't wait to make fun of Texas for chanting SEC. I can't (laughs) wait. What are they going to do when everyone's throwing horns down and it's not a penalty in the SEC? They're going to have a crap fit, a childish fit. They've gotten their way for twenty-five years.
2: Getting down like a dog and urinating in the end zone is a penalty.
1: Well, if that's you a penalty is it a penalty if you get down like a dog and urinate on Bevo's foot? You that's, might die. That's dangerous. But yeah, you yeah, probably like, don't follow my advice, kids. <laughs> Another question from I
4: like pickles cat is: the Stanford game even more important now?
1: I think so. I mean, I think so. Not. The result has been always important. But how the fan base comes across, and I just had this in the daily delivery for Thursday, how they come across on national TV, if you put 40,000 K-State fans in at and on that day, which were nowhere near happening, nowhere near it, it'll send a pretty clear message about what, what defines K-State as something different than just what market... Media analytics might tell you, yeah, it's the eighth biggest town in Kansas, Manhattan, eighth. It's not even a big city in a small state. It's a small city in a in a small state. It just doesn't add up. And the numbers don't add up. The numbers don't make sense. If you just want to sit there at home and not look at any numbers, you can say, yeah, well, K-State's a small market and nobody cares. The numbers don't show that. And that's because of the fan base. They watch. They tune in. Even last year when the team was sucking, they still watched. The numbers show it. So, yeah, actually having a product on Fox, man, that shows a bunch of K-Staters, I bet you Fox would play that up big time. There's going to be a lot of people at Fox and CBS and NBC and any other entity that has a part in college football. Having a heyday with making fun of how ESPN covers things.
3: Originally, I felt like I that K State was auditioning for the Pac-12, like when all this news was happening, that, and they might still be. Yeah, yeah, they they very point. well could be, yeah. But you're right. I think now they're auditioning for a national audience, right? To make themselves marketable. So yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't. Assuming that nothing else comes out, you know, about Pac-12 and where K State might end up. And I don't know if you have, you know, if we're going to talk about that later on in the podcast. But I think that this game is just as important for people to realize, for companies to realize that K State might not be a huge national brand, but there is still a market for K State. Something. It's more than just K State. It's about
2: the rest of the conference. It's about the rest of the you know the other eight teams. You know, right now I know K State fans don't like Iowa State. They're kind of this new rival over the last few years. But you got to hope that they take care of business all season. Same with Oklahoma State. You got to hope it's a three-way battle between K-State, Iowa State, and Oklahoma State for whatever reason for the for the two spots in the championship game. You cannot let OU and Texas into that championship game. I mean, you have to take care of business. And really, even though it's a non-conference game, it starts with Stanford. You start off your season against a giant opponent. You know, a team that you can beat and you should beat, you get off on the right foot for your season, and that could mean big things when it comes to conference play.
4: Last question of the first half, kind of going off of that from Contra Cat Is there anything that K State fans can do or should be doing to help the cause?
1: Just keep going to games, buying tickets. Buy tickets, buy merch. Stick around for the damn second half. I mean, anytime a stadium is shown with a bunch of empty seats in a game that involves Kansas State when the, their fans should be there, it's not good. It's just There's no way it's good. So be visible. Wear your purple. Try to roll time back to remember when you went everywhere and had a blast on the road. I mean, those were really cool years in the 90s, overrunning bowl cities, and the shock. There's is pure awe on the faces of Citizens that lived in those cities like, what is going on? What? So, K-State has power. Its strength is in not only the numbers that they can travel with, attend games, but also the passion. Just keep showing your passion. Be positive. That's what I'm going to say. I like that. Yeah, you just got to
2: go to games. You got to spend as much money on K-State as you possibly can. That is the ultimate reality. If you care about the success of k-state going to the superstore buying merch you know spending spending money at the stadium buying concessions it'd be nice if k-state would let people buy beer that would help fan support maybe just a little bit but you got to go to games you can't go out to the parking lot at halftime and stay out there till the third quarter and if the game's not close just deciding to go home you've got and, and this goes for the students too the students have to stay. I don't know what K-State can do to keep the students in the stadium for a full four-quarter game, but the students have to stay, especially if you're going to put them in a prominent TV position that they're in. Because if, if, if students keep going away and they're not showing that stadium full, they're going to lose their seats. It's the unfortunate reality of what is going on right now.
4: Make sure that stadium is full every Saturday. And if the team is struggling, give those guys a break, like we saw last year with Will Howard or whoever it may be. They're
1: student athletes at the end of the day. Yeah, Don't be so destructive sometimes, which is typical of any fan base. That's not a K-State thing. As we end the first half here of the Power Podcast, I just want to park a little mini rant right here, because everything we just said is about what the fans can do to help K-State. Well, K-State can help the fans, and I've mentioned this before, but I don't think the K-State administration recognizes the society break they're creating between their haves and have-nots, the big donors and the rest. They are clearly and repeatedly sending a message, the big donors only count. You guys buy your tickets and shut up. They don't mean to say that, but they are passively saying that. Everything at K-State coming from K-State is about the donor class. Everyone was sitting around and wondering what is going on with K-State and expansion. No press release, no press release. Oh, but they did have a teleconference, a meeting with the donor class. Every fan counts. And if they can only contribute to the cause by buying a general admission ticket a few times a year, they have value. They've got to figure out some things for the common fan the common person who scrapes together the money to take the kids to a game because it's getting really expensive. But that is a substantial um, greater financial commitment for them than some multi-multi-millionaire giving you $10,000 a year so they can get into the shamrock zone. The financial commitment a lot of fans make is a big chunk of their budget and honor that. And don't forget that. You want to know why, some, why attendance is dropping? One of the reasons is they don't feel valued. The experience isn't the same. Oh, the donors get to know everything. The donors get this new area. The donors, the donors, the donors. And I'm not negating the importance of them. They are essential. And we're all thankful that they do what they do because they have the resources to share. But just because you're a fan that goes to every home game and sits in the end zone because that's all you can afford, doesn't devalue you to the point where you don't get to know stuff. You got to be more inclusive with how you treat your fans. You just got to. We'll be back on the other half with more of your questions from Wabash Station.
0: GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC studios.
1: Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. We are sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Our segment sponsors are Tanners and the High Low. Make sure you are supporting Manhattan businesses. Whenever you roll into town, we will be supporting one for lunch right after this, and I'm fired up. Now, back to your questions from Wabash Station. Here's Ryan Gills Gilbert.
4: First question of the second half from Anderson Blumont. If Chris Kleiman and or Gene Taylor had known in advance the current situation, would they have come to K-State? Oh, yeah. I don't see why not. I don't see why not. If a
1: job's open, it doesn't really matter if you're getting paid, right? Yeah. I I think they would have – I think Gene would have come and then in turn Chris would have come. Now maybe they're getting paid less and they don't realize – that they could have gotten paid more if K State was in a better position, but yeah, they would have come and and uh, they need to stand up. and They're both very kind men. They need to be a little more vocal about this.
2: I mean, Chris Kleinman could have been paid five hundred thousand dollars, and that would have been more money than what <laughs> yeah. he was making at North Dakota State. Could have so
1: doubled his salary at six hundred thousand.
2: Yeah, like it, it doesn't really matter, I guess, at that point. But yeah, I think it really wouldn't matter whatever the conference situation is. Plus it's still four years down the road, what we're talking about. I know that OU and Texas think they think they could play 2022.
1: Do we have a question about that?
2: Uh, uh, oh, well,
4: we I can, we've got, a coo- we've got a couple questions. We'll, we'll
1: jump. We'll, yeah. We'll uh,
4: go ahead and ask that, another that's, one. That's yes. something really bothering me. Yeah. yeah. Another question, or I guess first question from snare cat three, you are the K state band director for the remaining football seasons with Texas and OU, what formations do you have the band working on ahead of the Texas and OU pregame shows? What songs and formations for halftime? Assume everything is at your disposal.
2: Is this this is what you're talking about? This is what you want to talk about? Uh-huh. No, <laughs> no, kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, horns down. Oh well, you, yeah. You obviously, do you do the horns. And you fly the Starship Enterprise right down the middle of them, and then you flip the horns down as <laughs> as they go through. That's my, I don't know. I uh, Frank Trace will have fun with this. You know they will. You know, they probably spell out a big 12 on the middle of the field or something. Maybe uh, spell out SEC and have the Starship Enterprise penetrate it, so to speak.
3: I love how it's just still the Starship Enterprise. <laughs> No, it is. I, I love it. I have a feeling there might be a boo instead of a boomer. There might be a boo spout on in the field when they play OU. I like it. I feel like you can't use – you got to be subtle.
2: You can't use logos, marks. That's why we can pretend like – Frank Trace was suspended because he put a Starship Enterprise onto the field. It wasn't because of that. It was because they had a Jayhawk. And it was a very nice-looking Jayhawk. Like, they did a great job of choreographing, if that's what you call it.
1: The irony is the K-State band made a better Jayhawk than the KU band ever has. Yeah. Like, it was
2: perfect. You could tell exactly, yes, that is a Jayhawk. So you can't, you can't use—it's kind of like NIL. You're not allowed to use the marks of the university.
1: You got to be subtle. You can use colors. So, know. for for clarity's sake, you didn't have a problem with the starship penis enterprise flying into the jayhawk's <laughs> face? Oh, speak! I had no problem with any of okay. it. Yeah.
3: I guess for songs though, you have to play "All My Exes Live in Texas."
2: Yeah, you, that, that's where you get into the trolling. You got to pick some good songs. That's a great song. Yeah, some. Is that Johnny Cash? I don't know. That's George sure. No, <laughs> hey, 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 Come hey, on. hey, that's close enough.
4: That's close <laughs> enough. That's close
1: enough. <laughs> Is Kansas close to Montana? That's
4: <laughs> <laughs> ah, close enough. <laughs> Question from Wildcat, Texas. Wildcat TX. I'm going to go Wildcat, Texas. Okay. Okay. Anyways, new. new member, welcome to the site. Welcome to the podcast. Will Oklahoma and Texas fans be happy in the SEC beyond this initial excitement? No. Are
1: Nebraska, Mizzou, Colorado, and a happy as well? Well, look, I, I think they'll put on a brave face. They won't, because you don't want to admit you screwed up. That's what Nebraska is doing. If you talk to a individual Nebraska fan, they'll be like, yeah, we probably should have stayed. But publicly, oh, yeah, we love the Big Ten, even though we lose all our games. I mean, then that's what's going to happen. First, Oklahoma's going to be competitive. Yeah. I I have no question in my mind that Oklahoma will compete in the SEC. And they might compete better the first year than people ever, whenever that is, ever imagined because A&M and Missouri did the same thing. It's almost like they got worse the longer they stayed in the SEC, which is kind of counterintuitive. Texas is in trouble. Texas has this feeling about themselves that they've racked up a bunch of glory and championship and owned this conference when that is so far from the truth. They haven't competed well in this conference. I mean, just imagine the absurdity of saying that you own this conference when you have a losing record to Kansas State, If you subtract the games from the all-time series that happened before the Big 12, I mean before 1950, K-State still leads the series, and you've won four straight. That's how bad you've been in the Big 12. You're going to get absolutely owned
3: in the SEC. Same thing with basketball. I mean, that's something that I know doesn't really drive conference realignment, but I mean— Texas and Oklahoma, sure, we can say that they don't have the best support in basketball, but they will be playing basketball in the SEC. Right. Well, guess what? K State has been the definition of up and down these, really since the Big Twelve started, and they still have the all-time series lead over Texas, and I, I would imagine they would have the all-time series lead over Oklahoma as well. So, yeah, I I don't think that there's any way. I think you're right. I think Oklahoma can, can compete. I just don't see any way that Texas is. Texas fans will be happy after the second year. I feel like going on your basketball records, I I doubt K-State's above Texas in basketball. K-State
2: was, are they? 22
3: and 20. I did a piece on it yesterday. Wow. They
1: beat them pretty consistently through a stretch. But
2: even like early Big 12, 96 through basically the end of Wolters, K-State was not up and down. They were Down. down. So I think it, I, it probably says a lot about Texas recently than it does about K-State, I guess, in, in that record. But that's interesting that they are above.
1: The thing about Texas is what they do on the field doesn't really seem to impact their fans. Even if they're losing, they still think they're the best ever. The stuff that's going to happen off the field will impact them. They are not going to get their way on every vote. The SEC, SEC will vote to do things that Texas doesn't agree with. The SEC may not protect Texas from the vile horns down hand signal that apparently has killed thousands (laughs) of young adults in Texas, the the horns down. They won't get their way. That will tear up Texas. That will piss them off. They are rich, spoiled children that need to get their way or they throw a fit. They're that rich country club husband who makes a lot of money who cheats on his wife who then does things that leads to divorce and blames her and blames her
3: and then, then he gets married and goes into another family where there's already 12 kids and he doesn't like that marriage either yeah doesn't and
1: like the, any of the kids yeah he goes out and <laughs> finds the 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 hot trophy wife and then realizes oh Oh, this is not fun. This isn't fun. This is not working out the way I thought it would be. So good luck, Texas. We are all going to laugh at you.
2: I feel, like, I-, I feel like the vibe of Austin has changed as a community and as a city since Texas you know, joined the Big 12. I feel like they're almost like against – Texas is like almost like an outcast of what Austin is becoming, I feel like. It just, I don't feel like Texas as a university or even as a football program runs the city like they may have used to. I mean, add in the fact that they just added an MLS team this year. Brand new stadium, nice stadium. You know, there's other things in Austin over the last 20 years. I feel like Texas, you know, like you've said, talking about them thinking they're the most important person in the room, they're starting to not really be that most important person in the room. Plus how often do you go to a K state game there and see how many empty seats? There's so many empty seats in that stadium. Now, when you go to Mm -hmm. Texas games, if they have a sellout, if they have a sellout, they're lying. They might've sold all the tickets, but there's so many empty seats when you go to that stadium. And it probably says a lot about how they're building a brand new basketball stadium. That's going to have like 10,000 seats. It's going to be tiny. Mm -hmm. It's going to be absolutely tiny from what they have now, and they can't fill what they have now. I don't think anybody... I don't think that people care about Texas as much as what they used to, and if they got good again like they used to be, I still don't think they'd care as much. Mm-hmm.
4: What about Colorado? we talked
1: about Nebraska and Mizzou and A&M. That's Nobody cares. Question, though. Yeah. No, I, think I mean, <laughs> even going back to the Big 8, long before the Big 12, Colorado was never a fit in the in the conference. They were just a completely different culture, and that continued to just you know, veer off into the Colorado, the Boulder Hippie, California. We all recognize it's it was almost like West Virginia. Oh, they went to the ACC. Well, yeah, of course they did. That's where they belong. We all felt that way with Colorado in the Pac twelve. Okay, yeah. good. Go. You're that's probably where you belong. And so I'd take Colorado back though. I've said I on would podcasts not. I would take
2: I've Colorado State. on I've said on podcasts before that's probably the one of the four Big Twelve schools that have left, that's the one I would pick first. Bring them back.
1: Yeah, I I want Colorado back, the state, and I will do that via Fort Collins, the, even though it's via not the Rams, as, not as uh, scenic as Boulder's beautiful. There's no doubt about it, but the people are awful. They're just awful. So I I I'll take Fort Collins. I could go. Like five road trips to Fort Collins and never take the same brewery tour. So that's that's a positive. That's why.
4: From K-State 59OU21, first post in a while. So welcome back to the podcast. Is there any no, reason? No,
2: that's first time, long time. First, time. first time question asker, long time listener, or long time subscriber.
4: Thank you for correcting.
3: Come on, me. listen, listen, important. listen to a talk radio show sometimes. Why do we have him? Come I feel on. like I asked a question and I had that sign off on there. Yeah, Cole.
2: We should have. <laughs> if Cole was asking the questions, he would have known.
1: <laughs> I, I was a better bartender than reader. <laughs> yeah,
4: <laughs> I don't know about that one. Is there any reason for any of the eight remaining teams to play Oklahoma and Texas this year if we forfeit? All, or pardon me, if we forfeit our games with them, they can play each other in the conference championship game with 3 0 records in eight to 10 weeks of practice.
2: I've no. kind of thought about this. Like, I included the question because it's definitely a thought I had. I was like, why not just forfeit all your games and they go to the, to the championship game with all that downtime? but they're never going to make a championship game or you know they're not going to make the playoff their season's worthless but then that
1: gets into legal action against the the schools so you don't don't want to mess with that you don't do anything to get yourself on the wrong side of this legal argument because you're on the right side right Mm -hmm. now so honor that but carefully study those bylaws and do what you can do I mean if it's rearranging the schedule based on a conference vote so they end up with four home games consistently for a while, oh, we're gonna re- we're gonna vote to rearrange the schedule again. Ah, oh, we're gonna vote again, and and just keep doing it. What you can do is is legally just make them pay. Just they are convinced. They're convinced they're leaving after this season. That this is their last year in the Big Twelve. And what makes you think that? Because you want it. That's not how contracts work. That's not how legal, legally binding agreements work. <laughs> you have signed a contract awarding your media rights to the Big 12 through the summer of 25, until the summer of 25. Fine, leave. We'll take the money. You can just not earn a dime from your media rights for the next three years. That is what you agreed to. So they're going to get held to that. They're going to have to buy it out. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Big 12 wants them gone that soon. But again, I'm going to keep saying it until someone hears me. Keep them around at least one year until you expand a couple teams and make both of them go there. That's vindictive within the rules of your bylaws. Do that.
4: From EMAW in Iowa. If you had to rank the following, pardon me, the remaining schools in the Big 12 in regards to in best position for a good landing spot, Mm
1: -hmm. how would you order them? Oklahoma State's one. Oklahoma State is in really good shape. Mm -hmm. KU is because they got the Big Ten on as a possibility. I think they're so confident they're going to get in the Big Ten that it makes me think they're not going to get in the Big Ten. This is is so KU. Well, we're going to go to the Big Ten. Well, they have to invite you. And they haven't shown an indication that they're going to. And right now, with everything going on, I can't imagine the Big Ten is going to touch anyone. They don't want part of this. No. They don't. <clears throat> Nobody wants that. I heard something interesting. Speaking of Colorado, they're out there talking about being the package deal with Kansas to the Big Ten. Now, that's just weird what? to me. <laughs> they're an AAU school, do a lot of research, mostly on weed well, off campus, but they do research. <clears throat> yeah, they're. But that proves one thing. All they wanted to do was to be in the Pac-12, to be with their California brethren. Mm-hmm. And after 10-plus years, they're like, get us out of here. We don't fit in like we thought we would, but they wouldn't fit into the Big Ten. That no. would just be chaotic, so, be so, hysterical.
3: So we would agree then that it would be Oklahoma State's one. Why Oklahoma State, though? I because
1: mean, okay, said that they're uh,
4: not going to go to the SEC. No. no think about this. if. If KU
2: thinks they're going to get to the Big Ten, they, they seem like they'd be number one, but KU football is so
3: bad. That's, what, that's exactly what I was going
2: to say. That I don't think that they're as prime of an option. You can talk about all the academics you want. Academics don't matter right now. They just don't. So when you throw athletics into that... Look at Oklahoma State. They pretty much, if they said they were leaving, I think that any of the, the options, ACC, Big Ten, SEC, I mean, I, we, we get the arguments with academically with, with the Big Ten. But Oklahoma State, at least from a stature and a program and athletic department standpoint, I think that they are most primed
1: for another conference uh, right. above KU. Agree. Okay, so let's say that the Big 12 collapses and everyone needs to find a new home. Oklahoma State... And Texas Tech will almost certainly be in the Pac-16, unless they find something miraculous, unless they decide to invite teams from the East Coast. Those two teams will be in the Pac-16. So the, the battle is for the other two spots, and right now, Kansas State's not in that mix. Well, it's not Baylor, it won't it's be not, Baylor. it's not TCU. It will be TCU, because they are literally promising to give up their religious ties and be secular. And they, they claim they have been for years. And after watching a few halftime routines from the showgirls, <laughs> they're pretty damn secular. <clears throat> Here come the
3: showgirls. At, but the problem is, at though, University, they're not they're not good at any. I mean, what baseball?
2: I don't, I don't, th- I don't see TCU from even an academic standpoint bringing the value to the Pac-12 is what they think they would. No. I think
1: the Pac-12 looks at TCU. And perceives them as sexy. But when they drill down and look at TV ratings, attendance, actual impact in the market, they won't find them so sexy. The Pac-12 is a basketball conference.
3: There's a, there's, there's a tradition of having good basketball schools. You go to a TCU basketball game, and you tell me if that's you think point. that's an environment that fits in the Pac-12. That's got to be in a
1: part of their equation. I'll say this, though. What makes TCU attractive to the Pac-12 is the same thing that I find attractive about South Florida where on paper everything doesn't add up, but at least you can put your flag down in a big market. And that's what it is. We know that TCU does not deliver the DFW market. It doesn't deliver the Fort Worth market. It's it's just a private institution with a smaller uh, attendance and enrollment. And they just don't sway the numbers that people might think TCU does. You go to home games, you're like, it is beautiful day. And there's like 20,000 people here. You can
2: go to a high school game in DFW mm-hmm. and Seriously? see more fans in attendance on a Friday night than you possibly could at a TCU game on a Saturday.
1: I go back to the great clip or quote from Gary Patterson when on a rainy day, the Texas Christian fans didn't show up. And I'm going to just start calling them that, by the way, Texas Christian. They didn't show up, but K-State fans did. And Gary Patterson, good K-State alumni, Scolded his fan base, saying, "If it was raining in Manhattan, Kansas, their fans would have shown up." They need to find that quote and put it on stuff. Send
4: Let's send I it.
3: I remember the that game. game.
1: It was. It was pretty miserable. It was wet. Yeah,
4: wet. Next. What about West Virginia? They could take the back door. Oh, I guess I guess, if, well, I guess. I guess Carolina, Virginia, leave.
1: I think West Virginia is in a bad position. They don't qualify for the Big Ten. And the SEC doesn't want them. For whatever reason, they, West Virginia is looked down upon as the hillbilly school. It just it, I don't think it's fair. I'm a fan of West Virginia. I think West Virginia is a completely different culture. If you haven't gone to a game in Morgantown, it's a trip. I mean, the fans are great. They, they had such a bad reputation for some of the stunts they pulled them past. I've never had problems with West Virginia. Yeah. Some people have. I, I've experienced good things. But they really are ACC or bust. And right now, you're right. If the Big Ten gets into this and, and Kansas wants to think they're number one, guys, are not number one. Virginia and North Carolina are number one, and anyone who's been paying attention knows that. Those are huge schools with great academic, historical academic standing. That's what they want. And if they pluck those out of the ACC, maybe West Virginia goes right into the mix. That's why the analysis on the expansion I did was entirely predicated on West Virginia staying. Because if they leave, it changes the whole geographic dynamic of the conference. I think they're going to stay personally, just because
3: of that. They're ACC or they're AAC at this point, and we don't even know if the AAC will ex- cease I feel to like, exist yeah, anymore.
2: I feel like West Virginia is a quintessential Big East team. They they deserve to have the Big East conference I agree. still. I think they need Miami. They need whoever else was in the Big East. Boston a good College. They need the. They needed the Big East more than than anything. Probably
1: the Big East collapsing put West Virginia in the same position that Kansas State will be in if the Big Twelve collapses. Your hope is you land in a conference, even if it's the Pac sixteen, and you're the farthest eastern stop on that tour. Iowa State's not in a great place. They're convinced because of their AAU status they're going to get in the Big Ten. Why would the Big Ten add you? I can't imagine countering OU and Texas with Iowa State and Kansas. No. No. That's why I think the Big Ten will stand pat. They might warm back up a couple years before the grant of rights start to expire. But ESPN is involved in this right now because they want to blow up the grant of rights for the Big 12. That's why it's happening now. I think we need to wait and
2: see what other con- I think before the Big 12 expands to, you know, UCF, Cincinnati, South Florida, BYU, BYU whoever I feel like you need to wait to see what does the Pac-12 do? What does the, or what does the ACC do? What does the Big Ten do? If the Big Ten goes and gets North Carolina and Virginia, like we've talked about, well, the ACC is going to want to counter. Who are they going to go after? You know, Well, you look at the Big 12, they're not that far away. We could take K-State, Iowa State, KU, Oklahoma State. I think there's more dominoes right. that are ready to fall. But until this whole – if this – if what the big 12 alleges ESPN did is true and it ends up making its way to the courts through lawsuits, we're not going to see these dominoes fall for a long time. And it's going to take a while before the big 10 says, Hey, let's go snag a couple schools out of the ACC. And then you have another big shift. And then there's, there's dominoes that can fall elsewhere. I don't think that looking through the lens of, 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 Texas and OU going to the SEC right now, you think, all right, divvy up the swats now. Where's everybody going? I don't think it's about that. I think that there's there's other moves that are going to be made before K-State, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech,
1: TCU Baylor, before those dominoes can fall. Basically on Wednesday afternoon the Big 12 with its cease and desist letter to the entity known as ESPN pulled the emergency brake on the train that was running straight towards complete realignment. Everything's going to stop now other than OU Texas going to the SEC. That's going to continue their way. They've got too much momentum, nor even if it's financially beneficial at this point, do I want them back? I feel a sense of relief Even though it probably isn't good financially for my alma mater's sports teams and my alma mater as a whole to be out of a league with Texas, I still feel relief. I'm tired of it. I'm sick of it. They are the most insecure, needy, overwhelmingly tiring fan base you could ever encounter. They think they rule the world When they don't rule anything other than a lot of money and a lot of fans because they're a big institution and a lot of wealthy fans. They are a very valuable commodity in college athletics and they're also a pain in the ass. So excuse me while I find a highlight to this in a year or four years. I will be done giving two craps about Texas sports and I will never turn on another Texas game because the only reason I've watched anything involving those insufferable dicks is because they were in the big 12. Last question.
4: BVWJ was actually looking at basketball season tickets and noticed all the non-con games are scheduled for Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Sundays. Does the program hate
1: selling tickets to out of town fans? Well, look. I mean, a lot of the non-cons overlapping football, so they avoid Saturday because yeah, I sure. don't know when kickoffs are. I mean, that's just part of it. And you avoid Fridays around here because of high school sports. Some some places in the country don't care. I think K State shouldn't care. They should
2: Friday Su- Friday Sunday. They should be playing Friday Sunday I, games and non
1: that. I think they should be playing Friday nights before home football games.
3: Yeah. Well, okay. Here's the other part to this. What big. Non-conference home games, are there? None. Well, They play Marquette. That's it. And that's just a function. People aren't going to come anyway.
1: The function of the cycling of contracts. Yeah. I mean, the Wichita State thing was in place. I think Nebraska. It's I, in yeah. Lincoln on a Sunday yeah. night. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, that's same thing. I love the non-conference schedule. And I know there's not a lot in Manhattan. I get that. But, folks, a lot of that is because of you. Mm-hmm. Because honestly K-State fans culturally don't show up for basketball until football's done. The Snyder effect. It used to be you wouldn't show up for football because basketball was going on. But ever since everything flipped, you just don't show up. They can make a game on a Saturday and you don't show up for the non-conference games. If it's a crappy opponent, it doesn't matter what time it's at. You're not showing up. It's just not but in case it's just not good enough they're, they're
2: not like they were in, in the Frank Martin years where you could go in the non-con and see 11 12,000 people if not a sellout for a garbage game you know there was times like that I missed the, what, the thing I missed the most is that, uh, that Virginia Tech game the 24 hours of college basketball that was great a Tuesday afternoon or whatever day it was 2 o'clock in the afternoon basketball Well, that's not really the question, but there are times where K-State was decent at basketball and you could sell these games out. But right now it's just the product on the floor. Product on the floor is just not good enough. Quite frankly, Bruce Weber is not putting a good enough product for you to care Mm -hmm. or for K-State to care about trying to sell tickets for a Tuesday or Wednesday 7 o'clock tip off for UNC Wilmington.
1: That gets back to my point whoever. from the end of the first half. I would say 70% of the non-donor class wanted Bruce Weber gone. But enough people in the donor class wanted him around, so he's still around. What kind of message does that send the fans that have been buying tickets? Hey, we're going to keep the guy that you hate and buy tickets. That it, boys? Man, that's it. I talked a lot. I knew I would. I knew fired I Fired up. I'm fired up. This is Fitz, that's Zach, Cole, and Gills. And we will be back in the near future with another podcast. We're just not sure when that will be. We'll find
0: out. Thank you for listening to the PowerCat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast, all rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com